someone once told me time is a flat circle. If everything we've ever done or will do, we're gonna do over and over and over again. Hello, I'm Kelly. And I'm Michael. We're brother and sister, self-proclaimed armchair detectives. I personally am living it up for my 41st birthday. And we're your hosts for the Flat Circle Podcast. Heidi Weirich is a psychic medium with the gifts of being able to see and communicate with spirits. At three years old, she began to see spirits in solid form. Many of the spirits she came into contact with were benevolent, so they were kind. But not all of the spirits that she came across with were these good, loving beings of light. Join us as we discuss the terrifying haunting of Heidi Weirich. The story of Heidi Weirich's haunting began in 1989 after her mother Lisa and father Andrew moved to a new home in Ellerslie, Georgia. The first spirit that she reported seeing was an older man by the name of Gordy. Heidi would usually talk to Gordy quite often even on a daily basis, but would only see him in the yard at her home. When Lisa Wyrick first learned of Gordy, she figured that Heidi had an imaginary friend, that Gordy was no more than a figment of her daughter's active imagination. In fact, it wasn't until Heidi encountered another spirit by the name of Khan that Lisa started to realize Heidi's spiritual gifts. Unlike Gordy, Khan didn't appear to Heidi in a benevolent way, exactly. In fact, the first time he appeared, Heidi saw him on her front porch wearing a white t-shirt that was covered in blood with bloodied bandages on one of his hands. She wasn't scared, but she told her mother Lisa about the encounter. She said, There is a man outside on our porch who is hurt. He needs help. When Lisa and Heidi returned to the front door, the man was gone. Lisa took immediate action at this point because she figured that Khan was someone trying to kidnap her daughter. So she and her husband, Andrew, searched the entire neighborhood trying to find this man who fit the description of the person that Heidi referred to as Khan. However, they were unable to find any trace of him and no one seemed to know him. It wasn't until Lisa mentioned Khan to her sister, who had purchased the house next door, that she was able to get some answers. You see, the house that the Wyricks moved into once belonged to a man named James S. Gordy. After that, the house was owned by Catherine Ledford's family. Lisa got in touch with Catherine to dive deeper into the mystery of the two men who frequently visited Heidi. So it turns out that Catherine Ledford confirmed that James Gordy had died in 1974. He was no stranger to the Columbus, Georgia area. He owned a real estate company and was very active in the local church in Ellerslie. And while Catherine didn't have any photos handy of James Gordy, she was able to confirm what he looked like. And it was exactly as Heidi had described. Now, let's talk about Khan. Catherine had some photo albums that she showed to Heidi and Lisa. While James Gordy wasn't in them, her uncle Lon Khan Bachelor was. In fact, Heidi picked out the picture immediately and told her mom, this is Khan. Catherine confirmed that her uncle had died in 1957 from colon cancer. Additionally, in the photo that Heidi picked out, he was missing one of his hands. He had lost his hand in a cotton gin while only being in his early 20s. 
So this is the version of Khan that Heidi sees. Despite her alarming first impression of him in his bloody shirt and missing hand, and the fact that the spirit would sometimes cause a ruckus in the house, she wasn't overly afraid. This in a similar fashion to how she reacted to James Gordy. In fact, James Gordy was one of Heidi's first friends. This is what she said of their relationship. She said, I saw him up until I was about eight years old on an everyday basis. We would sit and have conversations. Then he would take me by the hand and we would go swing. Lisa also noticed when Heidi was talking to Mr. Gordy, she said, quote, I would see her out in the yard and see her hand raised, holding someone's hand. Many times I would hear her talking, but never, never heard anybody talk back. Now, when Lisa told Heidi that Gordy was no longer alive, she asked to see his gravesite. So, Lisa took Heidi to Mr. Gordy's grave at one of the local cemeteries. At this point, Heidi was really young and had not learned to read. Curiously, when they got to the cemetery, she walked right up to his grave. The Wyricks felt absolutely lost in this situation. So after all, their young daughter was seeing, speaking to, and playing with spirits that only she could see. And Heidi began telling her parents that the spirits would wake her up at night. They'd hover over her bed. They'd whisper her name over and over. This is when Lisa decided that Heidi needed a distraction. So they got a dog. However, the dog would often start growling and barking at empty spaces or empty corners. The dog would sometimes spend a good amount of time staring and growling at what seemed to be nothing at all. Not long after they got the dog, it ran away, never to return to the family again. And at this time, Lisa and Andrew began to experience some of the haunting things that Heidi told them. They would wake up in the middle of the night to the banging cupboard doors, things falling on the floor without real cause, heard objects moving around. One day, Heidi had a real live friend over. And as the girls were playing in the living room, something unseen grabbed one of the empty chairs, slid it over to where the girls were playing, and then promptly flipped the chair over. You see... To this point, none of Heidi's supernatural encounters had elicited fear or concern. At least, not until 1994. In 1993, Lisa Wyrick became pregnant. Two weeks before the baby was due, Heidi saw a dark figure in the hallway of the family's home. While she had never been frightened of Mr. Gordy or Khan, this entity changed everything. Oh yeah, Heidi became absolutely hysterical after she saw this dark entity. And unlike Mr. Gordy and Khan, she knew that this spirit was not at all benevolent. She told her parents about it and they were of course worried, but it was her first encounter with this type of spirit. It was their first encounter with anything like this, so they weren't sure what to do with the information. On February 3rd, 1994, Heidi's sister Jordan was born. Two weeks later, Lisa noticed three deep gashes down the side of Heidi's face. She told her husband, Andrew, who at first thought that maybe Heidi had scratched herself in her sleep unknowingly. However, he became concerned when only two nights later, he himself woke up in pain due to the three burning claw marks that appeared on the side of his face. The Wyricks were at the end of their ropes, so they reached out to parapsychologist Dr. William Roll. Now, Dr. Roll, at the time, was a person of note in this professional field, and he decided to take on the case at the request of the Wyricks. Now, after hearing all of the experiences from Heidi and her parents and even family members, Dr. Roll suggested that maybe Heidi was delusional. The media and their community caught wind of the story, and that caused the Wyricks to get a lot of unwanted attention their way. 
One of the reporters wanted to visit the home himself to interview the family and to see if he could pick up on any of the dark energies in the home. He said that the energy in the home felt so bad, he left almost as soon as he arrived, never to return. He never did interview the family. So Heidi's Weirich's family reached out again to Dr. Roll. And at this point, Dr. Roll is called back into the, the picture. And he finally believes that this family is having all of these haunting experiences, right? So he calls a good friend who is a psychic. The psychic enters the home and immediately picks up on Mr. Gordy and then three demonic spirits as well. After the first psychic left, the family called in a second psychic to see if they would pick up on the same energies. They did. The second psychic confirmed that three demonic energies were present inside the home. Additionally, the second psychic said that one of the demons was trying to take up residence in Baby Jordan's room. The other entity was trying to attach itself to Heidi, while the third demon traveled from the living room into the parents' bedroom. The second psychic also pointed out that the one good entity, Mr. Gordy, was trying to fight off the other entities from attaching themselves to the family. And especially, he was trying to prevent the second demon from attaching itself to Heidi. The psychic also told the family, get this, there's an open portal in their living room from the spirit world to the living. So at this point, reporter was called, and now we have two psychics. Of course, who are they going to call next? Well, the Wyricks called their pastor. He came into the home and performed a cleansing ritual to rid the space of any dark energies. However, the cleansing didn't work, and the family continued to experience hauntings. One night, Heidi sensed the dark figure standing over her once again. She became hysterical, and she screamed out for her parents. They came running into the room just in time to find that the dark entity had grabbed Heidi's feet and flung her off of the bed and then held her upside down from the floor. It was then and there that the Wyricks decided to leave the home, just like the dog, just like the reporter, just like the pastor, never to return again. Ah! This shit is freaking freaky, man. <laughs> wow. I, you know, it it kind of floors me in a way that you have not only one, but two psychics who basically come right. in and they're like, oh, yeah, but you got bad energy in this. Home. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and they're confirming to the Wyricks that their daughter is gifted. She's spiritually <laughs> gifted. She sees spirits. She experiences spirits. She's clairaudient. She's, you know, she she may not be, she's clairvoyant. Like, she's got all the clairsciences. She's a natural psychic medium. And it kind of, it, it's kind of curious to me that this doctor role that they brought in, who first, mind you, diagnosed Heidi is basically hallucinating. And the doctor comes in and he's just like, whatever. And then this and then they, you know, after having the the claw marks across Heidi's face and the claw marks across her dad, Andrew's face, finally the family like beg this dude back in. And what does he do? He like calls a friend who's a psychic. I, I guess I'm shocked that they didn't try to cleanse the home. I mean, the pastor did, but that that totally failed like a fart in church. Like, that was not mm -hmm. effective at all. I mean, it's kind of like a doctor. When you get a diagnosis, uh, one that you don't like, then you want a second opinion. So it made sense for them to grab a, a, a psychic. And then after that, then obviously a somebody with a religious background. So a spiritual man, a God-fearing man. So that makes sense. I mean, this is this, this isn't like 
the Amityville horror. I mean, but it, it has like odd comparisons to Amityville horror. It has odd comparisons to a few other hauntings that have happened before. And it, and it seems like sometimes you have good hauntings and bad hauntings. And this one seems like it was a violent haunting, especially if they're like marking up the, you know, the father, Andrew, if they're marking up, you know, Heidi. I mean, oh, my God. Yeah. Interestingly enough, it doesn't seem like it necessarily started out that way, or at least to what the family knew, to what was reported. You know, it doesn't seem like these hauntings, Heidi seeing ghosts was really a problem up until these three demons hit the the premise. And I'm curious if the demons were always kind of attacked attached to the home, if they were attached to the home, or if they were maybe attracted by Heidi's light. Because I do believe that there is a shining, <laughs> so to speak, um, of people who have those abilities, especially people who have those abilities strongly in this life. I do believe that their energy and and that there's like a shining, like they attract other spirits and they attract other energies from all times and dimensions and space. That's what you, I believe. Yeah, and then we also mentioned that there was a portal. So, oh, that's right. Yeah, in this, so I don't know if if it was bringing up other other bad spirits. I kind of want to ask you a question, like, because you're you're very, you know, you're you're kind of involved in 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 a lot of spirituality in terms of the good and the evil and 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 kind of the things beyond this world that we can comprehend or or even explain. So, why would there be bad spirits? Where do bad spirits hang in, in, in what you've studied? Do bad spirits hanging or hang around because they have something undone? I guess it's a double question. If they do that, then why do they harm other people? Michael, this is God. I'm going to give you the answer to all these <laughs> questions. No, those are very <laughs> valid questions. I, on, I mean, honestly, I don't know. Like, I've always felt that there had to be, there has to be a balance in life. So, like, you mm-hmm. can't have good without evil because Mm. how how do you base what is good and what is evil you know other people tell you okay but there has to be something else and so i've always i've always felt very strongly that especially on earth you know i can't obviously speak to other dimensions planets times and and whatnot but i think on earth our planet is all about a balance and energy and any time that energy gets out of balance i believe you can you can feel it and there is a veil that drops between this world and the next. And it's actually kind of thin. And did you know that the veil thins out midnight on Halloween? And that is, that's a fact. Uh-huh. The veil between, and that's why you have actually more, you know, people reporting things, seeing things on or, and or around Halloween because the veil is very thin that time. So a lot of like people in the magic community, mm-hmm. you know, that's when they will cast their spells because that's a pretty powerful time of the year i think you just came up with our halloween show yeah no kidding i mean you know so with that said it sounds like you know and and we've seen those things on like the discovery channel or the history channel about the portals to hell that exist on earth so opening up a portal is not hard work but it seems and i'm curious about how this portal was opened i mean obviously nobody knows (laughs) Obviously, nobody's going to be able to tell me this wasn't anything that I could research. But I'm really curious because usually something has to happen before the portal doesn't just open. So either it always existed and they built a house around it or somebody did something like with a Ouija board or they performed some kind of ritual not knowing what they were doing. They opened the portal 
got what they needed, but maybe they never closed it. And so it just remained this open portal. So good spirits could come through, evil spirits could come through, etc. And then with Heidi being the psychic medium that she is, like I said, she was just a shining beacon um, mm-hmm. for these entities to try and attach themselves to. Now, did you find out any of information on the people that used to live there, James S. Gordy, and then obviously Catherine Ledford's family? I mean, James S. Gordy, was he... I mean, what kind of a guy was he? What kind of a person was Catherine Ledford? I mean, did it say, did you find anything in terms of why they hung in that around in that house? Did they die in that house? Well, um, Catherine, no, Catherine Ledford's family lived in the house. I think Mr. Gordy may have passed in the house and he was just a kind soul. You know, I didn't really find it didn't seem like he had the, the kind of death that, um, Khan had, you mm. know, and and it almost seemed like he was like a guardian or maybe that was like his purpose once he passed on was to be a guardian for Heidi in the moments that she needed him, you know, kind of like a um like a guardian angel or a guide, a spirit guide for that short amount of time. Now when he now he uh, now the other guy Khan that we just mentioned. Now he died of colon cancer we spoke of as well in 57. And then obviously he met when he when he was in his 20s, he missed he uh, one of his hands. He lost one of his hands in, cotton, in a cotton gin. So when he's seen. So when Heidi sees Khan, she'd seen him always with like a bloody shirt. Now, that's I, I always wondered, like, why would he be in a bloody shirt? Because he died later on in 57. He didn't really die in his 20s. So that moment would have been past him. I always wondered why she would have saw that version of Khan. Okay, let's talk about this. And it's interesting that you even bring... Uh, God, I feel like this is like serendipity right now. It's interesting that you even bring this up because I've been kind of starting to dip my toes into learning more about shamanism and like, mm. what is that? One of the beliefs that I came across, and I didn't realize this, but it's almost like you can have tragic moments in your life and those tragic moments can be something that like you don't want to deal with, which is which is why there, it, there are people that have like very repressed memories. So mm-hmm. like they've gone through something tragic but it's almost like they're able to just block it out they've repressed them right Mm -hmm. and so what shamanism or or one of the things that i learned today was that apparently when your soul as you're incarnated on earth when your soul hits a trauma point in its life on earth and let's say that it's something like incredibly traumatic that it can't even handle in order to be in order to continue its journey of Mm -hmm. life then what it does is the soul like cracks shards off that energy and then that energy kind of stays behind so it's like you're leaving it behind right because you Mm -hmm. can't handle that you're not able to handle it where you're at in your life and of course you can reclaim all of the different parts of the shards back and you can do your shadow work and you can get through those traumas when you're ready. But you can, I mean, apparently energetically drop off those pieces or shamans believe you can. So anyway, coming full full circle here with with Khan, Khan had the tragedy, right? That tragic day where he lost his hand. So I think, and I'm just drawing a parallel here from what I saw today, what I learned today, I think that was Khan, a piece of Khan's 
like a shard of his soul, like left behind almost to relive. You know, that energy was left behind. And so Heidi was dealing with it. I I don't know. It's interesting. I'm just saying like when you said that and then I remembered what I had heard today when I was kind of, you know, doing some research on shamanism and I thought, oh, wow, that sort of makes sense. You know, I feel like that sort of makes sense in this I don't know. That's yeah, that's wild. So do you obviously people are going to ask this question. Do you believe in I don't want to say ghosts, but do you believe in the spirits? Do you believe? I mean, you clearly believe in the energies. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, once you kind of figure out and experience that life is really all energy and it's how can you manipulate the energy to get to where you need to be, once you understand that, like that light bulb clicks in your head, then you get it. Then you're like, oh, okay, and that's what mm-hmm. spirits are. You know, we're all really just energy at the end of the day. You know, we're what spiritual beings having a human experience, you know, that's the wild. universe experiencing itself and all of that. If you want to get super philosophical. <laughs> now, I believe they actually made Heidi's story into a movie. Yeah. Uh, it was called uh, Haunting in Georgia. I believe yep. the, movie, the movie was called. And it actually did pretty well. I mean, this stuff is I mean, this isn't the first time we've heard of of not just children seeing seeing spirits, but spirits in homes that hang around and look, kind of digging into Heidi a little bit. She's she's kind of a. She no longer lives in the house. Obviously, they moved from the house. And um, she actually says that she hasn't seen Mr. Gordy in years, um, but she still sees this mysterious dark figure. And yep. she also sees other spirits. Yeah. So, so it looks like Mr. Gordy, they must have left the spirit. The dark mm-hmm. entity figured out how to attach itself to her. And that's part of her. That's part of her world now. And, and that's unfortunate. Like, I hope that she can shake the dark entity like i hope that it's not trying to suck energy off of her you know yeah yeah that hopefully hopefully she can um but sadly uh her her father andrew passed away in 2012 and uh this is kind of a weird note he was like 45 years old when he passed yeah yeah so i you know i feel bad for heidi i i guess it's almost like in this case you know you would think because there are some hauntings we'll hear about where it's almost like people are just clamoring to investigate it you know and you're like man where was where were you know the um so you have like people like ed and lorraine warren and they have investigated the amityville house and they've investigated annabelle and they've obviously i mean they made a whole movie and book series over what the warrens have discovered over the years and still you know people still like poo poo this spiritual stuff they're like yeah whatever yeah it's one of the things of of this life we may never find out until we pass you know and that's uh sometimes we get little glimpses of things uh, i've never seen any spirits never seen an alien never seen uh, a lot of nothing weird but i do have talked to a lot of people you you're you know including yourself who who have experienced things and they say it was such conviction and obviously i think what makes a lot of people doubt things is there's so many hoaxes out there there's so many people oh, so many that well, are just they kind of fucking yeah. ruin it you know so it's just like well okay you know like if they <laughs> did this and whatever but it's interesting i'm glad that we got to talk about this case because it is for heidi wyrick i mean she's 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 a special woman and It'd be interesting to, I imagine she has more stories to tell that she probably hasn't said. 
Yeah, she kind of ducked out of the whole public eye um, after that. I think after her family moved from that home, you know, they were just trying to make things as normal as possible for Heidi. And she says, I know that I've read articles where she, yeah, she still, you know, has her psychic ability and it's growing and she does still see spirits, but she tries to really keep that to herself. And like I said, I, I guess I go back to this Dr. Roll who just basically, you know, blew her off as like a head case. And, you know, I'm thinking to myself, like, that's not very helpful. I mean, I'm a software programmer and sometimes I can maybe diagnose stuff like that. I mean, obviously not. I'm not over here like programming and, you know, sussing mm. out hauntings. But I'm just saying like sometimes it is worth it to instead of say, well, I think that it might be this. Sometimes it really is worth it to look into it a little deeper to to confirm, you know, and I feel like this doctor yeah. role was just like way too quick to say, ah, you crazy bitch, you crazy. Because two psychics after that confirmed that no, she is a psychic medium. And yes, there are entities within this house, you know? Yeah. So one of the last things that I want to mention, you had said that you've never seen a ghost, but did you know that I actually have? Yeah. Well, that's what I said. I said, other, you know, there was people who I spoke with. Yeah. Like, including you who, who have seen uh, spirits. Yeah. So I just, because this feels like the proper place to tell the story. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was 13 years old, I was in the kitchen and like the rest of you guys were like in the living room, mom, dad, um, you, Matt and Mark and you guys, we were watching a movie or something. Our brothers. Yeah. Yeah. Our brothers. Sorry. <laughs> I just assume that y'all are family as you're listening, you know, but anyways. And so, yes. So the family was in the living room and I was in the kitchen getting a snack because we had like little, we had we were having a movie night, so we had like snacks out on the table, and we go in the kitchen, get some snack, bring it back to the area where we were watching the movie and continue the night. Anyway, as I was getting my snack, I look to my left and I see this this man standing about maybe five eight, five nine, and he is he's got like brown hair, like pretty long, kind of wavy, curly. He was wearing um like an old robe, like a off-white sort of canvassy robe and he had like a brown sash around his neck or not his neck sorry around his waist um and it was like one of those old like brown rope sashes and he had these really piercing blue eyes and he was just staring at me and I was staring at him and he was literally did nothing but stare at me like there were no gestures like he was just standing there staring and I remember thinking, like, am I, like, I remember blinking super hard. I remember, like, turning my head a couple of times, like, I know that I'm seeing this. And then I finally came to the realization that I'm seeing this person who looks like Jesus. It wasn't Jesus, but it looked kind of like Jesus. And so I thought, what the fuck, right? So then I turned my head one more time to the right and back, and it was gone. 20 years later, 20, well... 26 years later, I'm getting old bitches. 26 years later, I learned that that was actually one of my spirit guides through a quantum healing hypnosis um, session. I'm just like, when you see stuff that you can't necessarily like explain, it's so easy to write it off as, yeah, I'm just crazy. (laughs) ah, That must have been a momentary brain, brain flip. I don't know. Maybe it's the Matrix. Maybe it's Murphy's Law. Maybe it's who knows. So anyways, what I'm saying is, is that I do believe in the mysteries of life. I do think that there are are a lot of things out there that we can't explain. And I think that sometimes science has its head like in a vacuum. Like sometimes I feel like people don't 
really, I don't know. It's like they like what's tangible and the stuff that is not tangible understandably scares you because you're not really sure how to handle it. You can't control it. But I just want to say stuff is out there. Like I've seen it. I've experienced it. I know other people like me who've seen it, experienced it. Yeah, it, it's definitely not a hoax for sure. So reach out to us. We love hearing from you. You can hit us up on social media at Flat Circle Podcast on Facebook and Instagram or you can send an email to flatcirclepodcast1 at gmail.com and make sure to give our podcast five stars. Don't be a slapdick and give it four, three, or one. <laughs> Thank you for listening. We are so grateful for you all. And if this is your first time listening, welcome. We hope you join us for future episodes. Until next time, stay kind, stay curious, and always question the world around you. Peace.